For centuries, mankind has questioned the things it's done, is doing, or has yet to do. Toiling silently, asking itself, what if? What if? What if? What if? Every episode, we sift through those thoughts, diving deep into these whispers of the mind, and present one to you. We are Hypothetical, a What If Podcast. Welcome to Hypothetical, a What If Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Bats. This is my call. And today we're speaking with... We're speaking with... I want to make sure I'm saying this right. It's uh, Karthik Sikar, right? Karthik Shaker. Karthik Shaker? Okay. okay. <laughs> I put a little more on it than I maybe needed to. <laughs> all good, all good. Okay. And uh, he is a, an author and a... Uh, what is your profession? Yes, I'm a data scientist in my day job at Climax Foods. It's an alternative food company. All right, and you've written a book called Beyond Meat? Or After Meat, I believe. It's After Meat, right? After Meat, sorry. Yes, I've, I've written a book called After Meat. Yes, so uh, a little bit about me. I'm a scientist by training in biochemical engineering. I did a PhD in chemical engineering at Northwestern University. I followed that up with a postdoctoral position at ETH Zurich in systems biology. And uh, yeah, since then, I've uh, you know worked in Silicon Valley, particularly in the alternative food space. And yeah, I've written this book after meat to really, you know, sell the case that uh, there's a really compelling technological reason for transitioning away, away from animal products and that it's going to be an amazing future. Okay, awesome. Um, so, like, w- what kind of sent you down the path from, uh, like, what you had started getting into into specifically, like, the food-driven side of things? Yeah, great question. So... I was in the middle of my postdoc, so this was back around 2017 or so, and I felt like I was at a crossroads. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, you know, after after postdoctoral research. So f- typically for people, you know, with my educational trajectory, your options are become a professor or go work at, at a big pharma company. And I knew that I didn't want to be a professor anymore. And the idea of working in a pharma company just wasn't very enticing. So I was thankfully, you know, gratified to you know hear about all the activities in this uh, burgeoning alternative food space. So uh, around that time, Impossible Foods was making headlines with their, you know, with their veggie burgers that, that bleed. And, um, and, you know, all these, uh, you know, milk companies were, you know, gearing up too. And I, you know, became really intrigued by the whole space. Uh, so my my background by engineering, you know, lends itself well to address many of the problems in the alternative food space. And I had the inkling that I should, you know, try to work on cheese. And I even wrote my own proposal to try to get my own funding to do my own academic cheese, vegan cheese project. Uh, but, you know, back in 2017, this was crazy. Like, um, you know, people just were, <laughs> you know, staring me, staring at me, um, you know, wide eyed. <laughs> uh, and and yeah, so I, you know, I, I you know, basically 
contacted people and, you know, found out that there were opportunities in Silicon Valley. So I, I made my way there and, you know, I worked at one company that didn't work out, but then I tra- eventually transitioned to the current one that I'm at, Climax Foods. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, from whenever I was reading, reading the first few chapters of your, um, of your book after me, I had noticed the, what you'd written about getting into the cheese side of things. And it's weird how like in a matter of a handful of years, um, used to people would sort of like poke fun at the idea of, you know, of like people, uh, of, of like vegans and, and, uh, different options for food. But it seems like how it seems like things are starting to sort of turn around and people are sort of being more open to that. Um, I, I definitely like what you have written in terms of like sort of a, I like how in, in the book, how you sort of explain as to like why it would be a smarter way to well, I guess design develop food this way um, instead of going about it the way that we have, it would actually be less harmful to do it and everything. Would you like to elaborate on that? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so this was actually one of the biggest impetuses for, for why I wrote after meat. So I think when a lot of people imagine, you know, transition away from animal agriculture, you know, it, it invokes like a, a dreary, you know, subdued life, you know, like I'm going to be, you know, sitting, you know, alone eating my lentils and kale. Right. <laughs> and making sure and, you have your energy pills. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I, I just, I, I really just want to turn that on its head and, you know, um, you know, emphasize that, you know, animals are actually an incredibly dumb way to, to, to make large quantities of goods. And they're incredibly inefficient. Um, so, um, you know, you kind of highlighted, you know, this point and, you know, just to kind of drill down here a bit. So, for example, more than 90% of what we feed, you know, cows is quote unquote wasted. So it's it's going to just, you know, the cow's breathing processes, the, you know, the cow like running its circulation system, beating its heart. And it's just like if you if you evaluated a cow as a bioreactor, so like ha, as like a chemical engineer like myself would, mm-hmm. it would be the worst bioreactor ever. And and um, you know if if you were doing a senior design class and you 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 had a cow bioreactor, <laughs> you would you would probably fail for your uh, you know your capstone project. And um, you know what this means is that with these alternatives you know taking root and eventually replacing animal uh, animal technology. Is that we can even do better so it's it's not just um you know replacing it's also exceeding and uh there's no reason why we can't have food that tastes better is cheaper is more nutritious and this is gonna occur because we we don't have to use animals because we can use a more efficient production technology well and i'd imagine that like um that trying to get people to understand that like because you're going to be developing outside of uh, what's been the usual form of um, putting it to market. Um, like some people, I think some people have a misconception that anything developed outside of that process is going to be like gray goo or, or, you know, not very, or, or hip, hippy dippy, but it tastes like crap. Yeah. 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 Um, it, to be honest, uh, from what I've read so far in your book, like I, I don't like this idea. Well, I, I don't think people realize that like, 
you know, I, people are probably tired of hearing this, but it's like, you know, we've done a lot of damage to the earth, right? Okay. And, and, um, hunger is an issue pretty much everywhere. Like even in developed, even in developed countries, like, like all around the world, um, like hunger and food and all that type of uh, situation. Starvation like, is an issue. Yes. Yeah, it is an issue. And, um, anything that we can do to like sort of it's a very big issue to, uh, you know, strengthen, you know, the ability to, to exist outside of what's, what's already, t- you know, wasting energy is got to be a, a better step than not doing anything. Well, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's, there's so many knock on uh, positive knock on effects here and yes, Elaine starvation is absolutely one of them. And, you know, I, uh, in later, in a later chapter, I, I emphasize food security as being a important reason to, to make this transition and actually a motivation for countries, you know, to step into the fray. And, um, you know, I guess also, um, you know, kind of foreshadowing our, uh, our hypothetical later. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, consider during the pandemic, uh, you know, there was a, a slaughterhouse shutdown and and in, I believe, South Dakota, man, I, I, I hope that's correct. Uh, but yes, I believe it was South Dakota. And and slaughterhouses are effectively like the, I guess, like the, um, I, I'm trying to find the right word, like the point where, where like the you know, the point of limitation for animal agriculture oh, okay. or, or the, or, or like a bottleneck, I should say. And so with this, uh, you know, with this, with this COVID outbreak in this South Dakota, you know, slaughterhouse, um, I believe something like 5% of, uh, the, the country's supply of pork was, uh, was lost. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's insane. And, you know, just, just kind of shows you how fraught our, you know, our, uh, you know, agriculture system is. And similarly, China, China had a, you know, a swine outbreak, uh, some swine disease outbreak that I think, you know, ended up, you know, devastating something like 20 to 30% of, of, of their, of their pork. And so to that end, um, yeah, you know, so, so actually within the last month, the Ministry of Agriculture in China announced that they're going to be funding, you know, the production or, or the research uh, for alternative meats. And China right now is, you know, 20% of the world's population and they produce 10% of the food. So, so for them, yeah, that, that food security concern is, is, is huge. And, and they understand that, uh, not using animals is a, is a big part of that equation. Yeah. Um, like I, I tend to think like, um, it's kind of weird. It's, it's very sort of, um, serendipitous that we have you as a guest right now because the previous guests that we had spoken to, uh, we had spoken to, um, them about having bugs as a. As an Our hypothetical was: What if insects were the only meat source or protein source? Yeah, but we yeah we discussed them as an alternative uh, source of, of food. Yes. and and um, I, I think some of the like roadblocks to people you know developing uh, new products and developing different methods for people to get food is is purely sort of almost like a cultural and attitudinal one. I mean, well, you say it's, so, it's one that we've sort of been grown into, so to speak. Uh, we, you know, we, it's always been that, so what is that quote I hate? It's always been that way. So why do we, can't we, why do we have to change? Yeah. That thing. And that and an ick factor as well. 
yeah, it's um, it's it's funny you guys bring that up because um, you know, also I talk about an after meat that a lot of our food traditions are actually really really new, <laughs> and you know, in some ways, uh, some of the stuff we eat, like if you kind of take a step out and kind of think about it, it's kind of it, like it, it, it it's like a similar yuck factor but you know it's just been you know societally accepted like um you know for example shrimp right you know i for, for me it's you know if i was just looking at it like a biologist you know just as like um you know categorizing species um you know eating eating insects versus eating shrimp you know doesn't seem terribly different to me <laughs> yeah um and then, and then, and then, you know, like cow milk, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're the only species on the planet that consumes the milk of another species. Um, and you know, I, I, I took, and it, and it, it's, it's mostly for just, I would actually even, I would, I would argue technological reasons. Like, you know, cows were, you know, a great source of milk and they were very productive, you know, as we transitioned into, uh, you know, agrarian societies. No, goats and, were first, though. Remember, you know, before that, uh, yeah. we weren't we weren't really drinking cow milk, right? Uh, yeah. You know, in our in our hunter gatherer times, it was just it just it we just transitioned into that. Yeah, so often out of out of like ease or or just comfort in the, within the moment, right? Yeah, yeah, or or just like you know, for for really the longest period of human history, it's just been getting food, period, right? So, you know, we really struggled to you know, reap as much nutri nutrients as possible from our environments. And, uh, and, you know, today, you know, that's, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're far better in terms of food security than any, any point of, of human history. Yeah. That's a, that is a sort of hallmark of the modern society as we have plentiful everything. So, but, but there's also the, like, there's the flip side of that too, though, where it's not always going to be so plentiful. And, yeah, if and, we keep and, if we keep it up, if we keep the the, the rate of consumption. That well, we there's the there's the old yeah. adage: everything in everything in excess is is bad, and every, you know everything in moderation is good. But even moderation these day in this day and age, the way the environment is suffering because of that any use of use of any type of animal for food, that's I mean that again that's the number one methane producer is our you know yeah bovine farms and things like that. So it's yeah we, it's probably best in in the best interest of humanity's future if we do start trying to find different ways to make food that aren't animal based absolutely and um you know kind of jumping on that point about like you know oddities you know especially like you know eating insects as your last uh, i guess discussed um you know so i i actually see the transition you know to the future food like you know not not in terms of reproducing things that we've eaten so so not like you know creating cheese one-to-one -one, you know to molecular exactness but you know creating new foods that just weren't possible using animals and you know that are more nutritious that are tastier that are cheaper and um yeah that's uh that's kind of the world that i'm really excited about that um you know we the the new world of foods that we haven't explored yet yeah most yeah. definitely most definitely um and and I don't think it's too far. I I I don't think achieving something like that's too far away. It's just going to be getting people used to that. It's going to be uh, normalization, more or less, right? When you think so, Josh? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I'd, I, I'd say just getting people sorry. used to the idea. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I was just going to point out, like um, you know, even even in our in, even in the last few decades, we've seen 
you know, maybe not in, in like, you know, the, in like novelty of ingredients. Well, maybe some of that, but, um, you know, for example, like, uh, if you go back to the seventies, uh, you know, I think the number of sushi restaurants in the United States was like, I want to say like, <laughs> like on the order of like tens, if, if not less than that. Yeah. They were a very um, niche market then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now it's like just, just completely commonplace. And, um, you know, I even remember like a Simpsons episode, you know, like when I was growing up in like the nineties, um, you know, talking about falafel and, uh, you know, just how like, you know, exotic and, and novel falafel was and what is this? Uh, and, and like, I, th- I think today that would seem like weird if, uh, if, if, if like a show aired on that, but just to, you know, emphasize like how new some of these foods are, at least, uh, to our palate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, I mean, like what we live in a community ourselves where, where we're lucky enough to have a huge variety of, we have, foods. we have like a, a, a whole street full of international food places, uh, from Pakistani all the way down to like, uh, the uh oh that region near france i can't remember what it's called uh, oh um well i mean, I, yeah, mean yeah. I mean like like we have turkish we have yeah. greek we have i mean like it just yeah so like a large swath and and it's, so yeah, yeah. Ha- having having a, a varied palette nowadays is kind of a con- it's just really become more commonplace than anything okay so uh the hypothetical the uh did you did you pick for him or did he did he no no this is own? actually this okay, is actually okay. carthic because uh, what if the government invested in clean meat in the same way as clean energy starting in the 70s. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, and, and so maybe it would be worth it if I elaborate here a little bit, just and give a little bit of a history lesson about uh, clean energy. Just, for uh, you know, for the for, for everyone, everyone's benefit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, so United States uh, clean energy research arguably took off in the in the 70s. So, uh, 73, 74, you know, there was, there were spikes in oil gas prices. And so that created just a lot of uncertainty about, you know, relying on petrofuels as a, as a, as a, as a primary sector for energy. A sustainable sector. And, uh, so I, I guess like for, I guess also like security, you know, concerns as well. Yeah. And, uh, and so Jimmy Carter was elected in, in 76 and, uh, you know, this is one of his top agenda items, you know, figuring out how to transition to clean energy. So he was a big proponent of solar energy. He started a uh, solar energy. Um, I'm forgetting the name. I, I have it here. Mm-hmm. The Solar Energy Research Institute in Golden, Colorado. Oh, okay. And then, I see and then uh, the Department of Energy started in 1978. Uh, and of course, uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, he, he hit control Z on uh, some of what, uh, Jimmy Carter did, Undo. but, um, you know, it's, it, you know, nonetheless, the funding for clean energy took off from that point. And, uh, you know, so from then it was just like, you know, renewable energies were in the single digits and today we're encroaching somewhere around 20% of, uh, total energy is, is renewables, which is a. A good goal, but it's taken a long time to get there, right? So, yes. Okay, so, uh, so if they had started the, if they had start, yeah. started the same initiative for food in the seventies as the as the renewable energy, is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Okay. So okay. If we had I just want to make sure I'm like on the same page. Protein. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, research initiative. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, TPRI. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> because for a moment there, I was confused. I was like, you mean like. 
sort of comparing it to like starting it now, but no, that makes better sense. As if they did okay, back yeah. then, yeah. No, no, so, that, makes, that makes good sense. Okay, okay, so um, uh, um, are we trying to determine if it was, uh, if it would have happened a little faster, like if it was, if it would be easier with food than with, say, you know, a, a non-renewable resource, or, or how are we trying to? What are our criteria here? Yeah. So that, and, and that's a great question. I so for what it's worth, I think it would it would have occurred faster with uh, with food. I actually think energy is much harder. So um, you know the the issue with energy is you're trying to compete with like gasoline and oil, which are these, you know, you can kind of think of it like these ready, these ready energy dense, you know, substrates. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, renewables don't have that same advantage, right? You know, you're you're starting from, you know, dispersed electrons from the sun or the flow of water, right? Yeah. Um, And so it's just, it's just, it's just a much harder task. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, I think, in terms of like, you know, the tractability of uh, of of the effort, uh, alternative protein is is actually easier than alternative energy. Well, yeah, not to mention that uh, when it comes to dealing with uh, some of the companies that deal with like what you were saying, well, with like uh, gas or 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 any of. The but this other... is government sponsored, so it's well, it's, well that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. like like a lot of those industries, like whether it's coal or gas or whatever, that they tend to be very backed by by certain um areas of politics and they also tend to be very sort of cutthroat so i can kind of see what you're saying like the food seemed it seemed like maybe the food side of it wouldn't suffer as much of a blowback i'm sure that there's people who who also politic on the sides of of food i'm i mean i'm most definitely sure now okay was see i can't remember when Monsanto started being a very big player in the food market, uh, like because yeah. that was I think that was what the late seventies, early eighties when they started doing that, right? When they started yes, sort of yes, gri- that's correct, grabbing everything up, you know. Um, and then you have like Kraft Foods, which is I think is still under the Monter- yeah. Monsanto umbrella, right? Yeah. So you you still have that kind of oh yeah like yeah, lo- yeah. I I would. I would say there were probably are they there there are lobbyists for quote unquote big food, right? I mean, there's there are people who go and say, hey, it would be better if we. Yeah, let's let's yeah. not let's try not to you know make it so we have to shut down all the chicken farms because we, we wouldn't like that wink wink here's a couple of grand or whatever you know so so of... so in terms of uh, like I just spoken to you about this earlier um in terms of 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 how we're gonna disperse from this point on and everything huh. I was just gonna say uh do we want to have it to where each of us sort of develop our own opinion and push it out and then we discuss it kind of like a round robin like a round robin, like we a round do, robin. yeah are are you comfortable with that. I'm comfortable with that. Okay, okay, cool. Because because I feel like I've already got some opinions about some of what you're saying and everything, but I always like to sort of hear the expert or the guest that we have on give their opinion, and then that sort of helps me to sort of either strongly form I've, it or to, or, to, or, or to be affected by it, which I think makes for good conversation. I've, I've recently grown into this thing where it's like, I don't have opinions because opinions are for people who know what the fuck they're talking about, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I've, I've, oh, by the way, there's no, there's no sensor yeah. here. We can, you can cuss if you need to. Um, so like, uh, um, if, yeah, but I'm saying I, I don't, I try not to have opinions on things I know nothing about. So I, I will throw my ideas to the wall and see if they stick, but okay. you know, I'm not going to say I'm, well, I, pro, I think that's pro, more. I'm a pro this, that, or the other one. I'm not. You know. I know you just being nitpicky, but I think that's more yeah. like what I meant was just ideas. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm just saying I just don't want to yeah. have. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I mean, like, with I'm, I don't know with with all the things that the nation's gone through and and just the whole like culture that we sort of grown into now. Yeah. 
I, I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. You know, I just, I, it's not that I, that I fear that I would be. It's just that I don't want to claim to be something I'm not. Uh, I am a simple podcast host. That's all I do. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, so, so uh, uh, we, we can we, round robin it. And I then, was say, yeah, we will cede the microphone to you uh, so that yes. you, you may illuminate us. <laughs> so we've already set up our grand rules on, on how this works. And yeah, go from there. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I think so the way I'm kind of imagining this could have occurred is, you know, we in the 70s, you know, we for environmental reasons, we realized that and, and, and food security reasons realize, um, you know, getting to ultra protein is is very sensible. And so, you know, the United States government starts pouring, you know, starting with millions of uh of dollars in, in research and investment um i think uh the microbial fermentation technology would have probably you know been at the forefront of people's mind uh you know we have some evidence of this with uh corn q-u-o-r-n yep which uh which um you know started you know from the 70s and uh yeah just in terms of uh, you know metrics and everything it's just um it's, it's just a, a, a very profound technology. And yeah, so uh, the way I see it is like, you know, I, I guess like Jimmy Carter would have been <laughs> the most uh, obvious uh, actor here in, uh, you know, promoting this. Uh, and yeah, he's, he starts, you know, some sort of, a, you know, institute, maybe maybe a department of, uh, of clean food or alternative food, or may, perhaps he gets the, the, the Department of Agriculture interested. Uh, and I think you start, with uh, you know academic labs, you know starting to you know research ways of you know re- of like reproducing key proteins. So that's uh, that's like your myosin in your in your meat, your your casein in your dairy. Maybe even just uh, looking at the nutritional qualities of of different plant and microbial pr- proteins. Uh, I think probably. It'll, it would be 10 to 15 years of safety testing just because it's, you know, this new world of food. And, you know, we saw this, uh, with, with corn Q U or N. Um, I think, uh, the technology, you know, takes off really quickly, you know, as I was kind of saying, I think it's, it's more tractable than renewable energy. So I would expect it to actually start being economically competitive, you know, within, you know, 10, you know, maybe 20 years. So by the nineties, and then, you know, from that point, you start to see it proliferate into, uh, you know, cuisines and foods around the world. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, I guess it's just kind of hard to actually imagine, like, you know, how our gastronomy might actually might, might have been. And I think some positive knock-on effects would have been, uh, you know, perhaps we would have avoided, you know, something like coronavirus. Uh, so... As I understand it, uh, coronavirus, the most uh, evidence indicates that it originated from a wet market in, in China. And so if we're you know, fully past you know, animal-based foods, that means we greatly diminish our risk for, 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 for pandemics as well, which uh, tend to be zoonotic in origin. Uh, and yeah, uh, I think the difference between that point in the multiverse versus the one we're in <laughs> is, uh, is, uh, is, is really just the foods we have, like, um, you know, just like, you know, what I'm going to grab, uh, you know, when I'm trying to get fast food and, uh, you know, and, oh, you know, what I get at the grocery store. That's so, a, yeah, that's a, that's a big kick in the pants for fast food as well, unless they adopt 
to that kind of thing, then yeah. So, okay, so within what you've laid out, I, I do have a question. Um, um, how do you think, or, or would you, within within what you've laid out, would you foresee any, like, political blowback? And if that would, like, put a start, like, a start-stop sort of situation? Like, uh, mainly what I'm thinking is, like, you said uh, the time during which it's being developed, which is, like, from, you said, Carter on up till the 90s, 2000s, right? So... I would imagine that there might have been some blowback during uh, there. There might be some blowback in that situation, like during the Reagan years, or would you foresee that being an issue? Or do you think if it was uh, being brought to the forefront and it's uh, like an initiative, an initiative that is help helping to be developed by Carter, do you think, do you think that maybe cements him as less of i guess like some people tend to view carter as a, as a laughing stock which blows my mind because there's plenty of awesome yeah, things he that he's done no. outside of that but i mean I'm, I'm sure it was a cultural thing um do you see this as something that carter is able to hang his hat on or do you see there being some um you know blockades like over the years oh for sure it, it's definitely going to be definitely would have been very uh, stop and go uh, you know, I could definitely see some parochialism like under Reagan and, you know, and, you know, you kind of see it even today a little bit, right? Like, yeah. you know, there's, you know, you get this, uh, you know, pejorative like Franken food, you know, bandied about in, in mm -hmm. these spaces. Yeah. And, uh, that definitely would have surfaced micro in, um, microaggression you know, words, yeah. in like the eighties. Yeah. And then also like, um, you know, the number of farmers like, uh, back then was, was higher than than it is today right mm -hmm. and you know i i think there would have been tremendous pushback from you know that just as a political block um you know i i could you know see a lot of like you know traditional farmers just you know being very wary of uh of like alternative food technology and um and you know doing whatever they can in terms of political clout to to push back i don't don't want to get where my grazing lands. I already got four fields of soybeans as it is, Bill. You know, yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Well, yeah, and, and I'm sure that there would be some of them would take would, that would take exception to this idea that they're doing what they've grown up and doing what they know to do, and and maybe being a bit hesitant. traditionalism will get a will be a big stumbling block. I was going to say, yeah, yeah being yeah. a bit hesitant to to maybe want to do what what some farmers are doing now, which is expand themselves into different areas of like food development. Or di different having arenas. diverse a, a diverse yeah uh, uh, agricultural back, uh, field oh yeah because so, no pun intended there, but there's yeah. there's infighting yeah. within that sort of community also yeah even nowadays but um yeah no no that's that's cool I I just I was kind of curious about that yeah um what about you Darcy? do you have any questions well or? I was I was curious as if uh, whenever you you said that what would our uh, gastronomical uh, uh, horizon look like what what do you think would you know are there any examples of of produced foods that we could look forward to if we were in, on this path. Yeah. Um, so we're starting to see some, some smatterings of that now. Uh, and you know, uh, it, you know, it could have been, you know, 20 years ago if, uh, if we had, you know, invested early enough. So one example, uh, that I really like is, uh, do you guys know Miyoko's? They're a, like a vegan cheese company. I think I've heard um, them. Yes. Yes. I yeah, have, so, I haven't personally, but Josh has. Yeah. Okay, cool. Got it. I, I, uh, yes. I like I like to cook, so I, I yeah, I get into <laughs> different flavors and foods and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So they 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 came out with a liquid mozzarella. So 
so like uh, you know tr- you know traditionally like if you're having a pizza you use mozzarella shreds right? right you you take the shreds and you sprinkle them on but they they came out with like a like a liquid formulation and so instead of shreds you actually just pour it and um you know it's 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 thick it's viscous almost like an egg white mm-hmm. okay uh but but like you know it but you you cook it like you would like a like a pizza normally and you know it it looks like does it have the same kind of like melt factor? Uh, like whenever you take a, when you stretch, you know, that stretch and that snap and that, that, that kind of look and feel as, as mozzarella. Yeah. Unfortunately it's not quite, you know, it's, it doesn't quite have that. And, um, you know, that, that honestly is like a Holy grail, I would say of the <laughs> alternative food space right now. Um, it's, it's what I call the, the casing problem. Yeah. So, so casing protein in, uh, in milk and cheese gives it the, the, the melt and stretch and, yeah. There's no obvious analog in the plant world or mm. in the microbial world that's like it, uh, and so there's definitely there's definitely a gold rush to find like you know new casing like a new casing protein. It's it's it, I I would say it's like a, a trillion dollar uh, question, mm-hmm. you know whichever company you know figures it out first, um, you know is going to have access to a, <laughs> to I kid you not like a, a trillion dollar market. So uh, but yeah. Uh, so going back to Miyoko's like liquid mozzarella, yeah. So it, it doesn't unfortunately do the melt and stretch, but you know you don't deal with shreds, right? So it's it's at least dispensing you know one one at least on un, you know somewhat unsavory aspect of of dealing with mozzarella, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, it like uh, yeah, that seems like like I, I can understand like what Josh is saying. Like well, you know, does it stretch? Does it like like and you said uh, how that's connected to casing, but like. I, I think maybe with, you know, uh, food being developed like that, that maybe part of the challenge is also getting people to understand that when you're exploring other alternatives, it's not going to be the exact same facsimile as. Yes. I'm showing uh, Mike with uh, a picture of oh, what it okay. is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not going to be like a one for one facsimile of it. And, and if you're developing different food, then yeah, it's nice to have. Um, you know the, oh, okay. com- the, the comfort side of it, or, or it, the or the nostalgic sort of quality to it. But you it, want a, it, you want a familiarity when it comes to food that's going to be a, a, a I guess you'd say a stand in for another. Yeah. Yeah, but th- there also has to be. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say this. Like I think there also has to be a willingness to sort of like develop new familiarities. You yeah. Know yeah. Saying? No. Yeah. That's yes. that's the op- that's the opportunity we could have had had we done this. Remember that's yeah, our that's yeah. our what if. Yeah. So. Nice. But nice. yeah, this looks really. I mean, I did. It says it browns and melts and all that. They got the vegan yeah, mozzarella. That doesn't look out of place. It actually kind of looks pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I also think, um, I, I just uh, adding to what you're saying, like had this, like you said, developed earlier, you know, to where maybe it was more commonplace now, um, that I think that... Um, oh, is, oh, is it your turn now? You're, are you stepping up now for your well, no, third no, no, of, no, the, was, of the round of Red Robin? No, 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 I was just... I okay. Was, okay. I was, I was agreeing with with. Oh, okay. Yeah, just... Okay. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Um. No. I was just <laughs> stop it, Josh. Okay. <laughs> no. 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 Um. I'm just saying, like, with the, on the familiarity side of things, just I I think that 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 with what you're saying, that maybe now that wouldn't be so much of a, of an even worry. It would it would be like people would be getting that product now instead of instead of it being like something that's foreign to them. I guess more or less, right? Like, like, how do you think it would have? Oh, oh, I have a question tagged on to Josh's. Um, how do you think that would have affected the fast food space? Yeah, 
I think the fast food space actually has one of the biggest opportunities or, or it is one of the biggest opportunities for change. Um, because I think the clientele and the fast food companies themselves are, are pretty, um, you know, I, you know, they're not, they're, they're really just going for, you know, like cost and taste, right? That's, yeah. those are the, those are the major, major things that they're going for. Yep. And, you know, they're not, I, I don't think they're, I don't think like the Franken food concern is as pronounced. I don't think the, you know, health concerns are as pronounced. So in my mind, like if you have like a fermentation produced burger and you can, you can, you know, supply it to fast food companies for, you know, a 10th of, you know, of what beef burgers, you know, cost them. Like, I think they would readily adopt it. And, oh, yeah. Uh, think got you costs. Know, yeah. And, and I think uh, the people who go to, who, uh, who patronize uh, fast food restaurants, you know, for sure are less discriminating for, for those kind of foods. Well, yeah. Like, I'd imagine from what you're saying that, like, they would, uh, that perhaps maybe fast food would be, like, a, a vehicle to normalize a lot of what yeah. people would criticize otherwise, right? You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, because yeah. if they can get it quickly and from a face that they trust. And right, then that know? way they can, sh- and you can show that the flavor is, is yeah. that of the thing that they're familiar with. Yes. Because I've seen a lot of people good. that truly make their, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying. Well, what's the one that went that uh, Burger King has, they have the beyond burger, right? Yeah, I believe so. And it's, it's not bad. Impossible. impossible the impossible. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's a, it's not bad. I've, I've, eating a couple of them just because I didn't really want something as heavy as meat one time. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, I can totally dig into this. That's great. Yeah. Well, well like, yeah. And, and I'd also imagine too, that like, I mean, even within the whole, um, with what I was trying to say a second ago with outside, like advertising is always going to try to make people more comfortable so that a project, a product is bought. Right? That's what advertising is for. Well, yes. I'm saying, but, <laughs> but like I've seen, it's crazy in the world that we exist nowadays. Like how many people will truly make their food decisions off of i'm not gonna say it's not just the food but also off of how much they trust a brand or how much they you know whenever whenever there's not like particularly a, a, a whole lot of differences between uh s- different companies you know what i'm saying like so no, they just present it as a normal part of the thing well yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll be like oh wait well, yeah, i always go to wendy's because i trust wendy's or i always go to this because of that and it's like well you know on a baseline level there's not a whole crap load of difference i mean you and i both have worked in fast food so right so we know that there's not major major differences there's tiny little selling points but but it's i think it's kind of weird how people use that litmus you know, limits test to make their decisions on that. Uh, well, see, uh, what people are, 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 I guess you'd say, used to is that uh, something that's not meat is yeah. produced that's supposed to be an equivalent to meat yeah. is, is marketed as being a healthier, healthier alternative. And then, you know, people will do as people do and say, I know what's best for me. I don't need an alternative that's healthier. Yeah. If, now, if you're doing what, like, Burgering is saying they haven't mentioned the word health at all in any of their ads for this stuff. No. And they're selling them left and right. Oh, yeah, yeah. J- they just, just say, hey, look, this tastes like meat. It's made from plants. Oh, that's cool. And then they just move on. Yeah. They don't, they don't even stop to address the the health fact, quote unquote health factor, whether it were, you know, as, because I think they've learned their lesson. To not, to not pander to people? Well, I, no, I'm just saying I think they've learned their lesson that, like, if you're trying to sell it in a certain demographic, if you're trying to sell something to a certain demographic, you sort of have to play to their proclivities, their way of thinking, their their uh, values, all that stuff. You have to sort of hone it, you know what I mean, and say this is exactly where we need to strike to make it f- stick with them. So if they say this looks like 
ground like ground beef that's been seared. It tastes like ground beef that's been seared and cooked. That's all you need to say to them. Yeah. They do it. You know, you do a little blind taste test thing, like the old Pepsi challenge, and bam, you got your something like hotcakes. Yeah. You know, so. Okay, cool. Yeah. Is that is that about right? Yeah, so, yeah, I would agree with that. And and you know, I think you know, there are also way of ways of easing into this. Uh so like uh, you know, for example, like the impossible burger, as we just discussed, right? It's it is a little bit more of a palliative uh, you know, palatable alternative mm-hmm. just because it's, um, you know, it, it is, it's just plant-based, right? So it's, uh, you know, mostly soy and, uh, potato protein. Mm-hmm. So it's all, you know, ingredients that we're, you know, pretty familiar with. And then, you know, you, you know, maybe that's like a transition for like a, like a microbial, uh, burger, right? Which right. is, you know, just, you know, much more foreign, but, um, and maybe you, you kind of ease it, ease into it. So you start with something that's like, you know, plant, you know, plant-based and a little bit of microbial protein. And then, and then that, that, uh, you know, fraction just, you know, continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And just sort of wean into it basically. Yeah. Yeah. As you slowly start introducing products to people, right. Or introducing more, more products that are more, yeah, well, not so so much, just things that are a little more, uh, of a, of a better, oh, what's the word I want to say? A a better stand in for the thing that you replace, that you're trying to replace. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and you know, even with that, like, I would still say, like, there's there's definitely an audience for just like novel foods, like, uh, you know, like, you know, you guys remember, you might remember like the cronut craze, like, um, oh yeah, you know, like a few years ago, or right. like, even like poke, like, uh, you know, poke, you know, ten years ago wasn't really a thing in the United States, yeah, yeah, but now, <laughs> but now it's like everywhere. Yeah, I just uh, had a, I had just had a poke bowl like a week ago, <laughs> at a yeah, at a local restaurant, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they have, but in the like the alternative food space, also like the the uh, what is it, Soylent? That's another product that's sort of come a long way. If uh, instead of being just kind of a gross powder that people you yeah. know didn't kind of turn their nose up, they use that as a meal of pro- replacement instead of like you know highly sugared, highly just full of bad stuff for you, carnation instant breakfast that we <laughs> sort of had as a meal <laughs> replacement back in the day. You know, so yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, so. There you go. Do you, do you want you know go next, Mike? Um, yeah, sure. I'll go next. Okay. Um, um, okay. So I would agree with um, and just to let you know, I'm I'm not just piggybacking off of yours, <laughs> Karthik, but I'm just uh, I I I believe that if we introduced it, if uh, Carter had introduced it, that it would have that they definitely he I think he's a passionate of, of enough uh, politician president person. And um, being a farmer himself, and being a farmer himself, yeah. that that he could, or at least from an agriculture background, despite yeah. from hearing the, the the sort of off to the side complaining from other farmers, I think he would see it in terms of a more global sense, right? Um, since yeah. a lot of since a lot of his efforts have uh, that to improve the world since his presidency have been global, um, I think that he would have tried to have uh, sold it to the American people as much as possible, and ab- ab- like you said, at least to set roots down into it, so things could be developed. And, you know, pushed along over time, you know, you know, even with the understanding that the political landscape was going to there was going to be starts and stops. I think he would have gotten at least enough people on his side to have helped push that forward. Um, they could have done what they do with a lot of a lot of bills and just added those as tack ons as to yeah. bills that were more palatable for the uh, opposition, if you will. I'm yeah. going to throw a tiny bit of, re- of a wrench into it, though. Like, like I do think that, that he gets it started. I do think that that becomes one of his legacies, right? Like in this situation that we're presenting. However, I think I don't think we 
I don't think we take our eye off of the ball. This is the reason why I'm saying it this way. I don't think we take our eye off of the ball. We just end up partnering with other countries that have decided to actually take it further, right? So I actually yep. think that, that our introduction, even if it was developed back then, our introduction into it becomes slightly secondary because of hesitation from from the country, because of other you know, political forces because of, you know, a variety of different things. Um, and then... so, 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 so I think it becomes more developed in the other countries and not so much less developed here, but just slower to develop. Um, yeah. and, and I think to a certain extent that, uh, that like it tends to, you know, maybe we start to see some, some issues globally being solved like uh, like some of the food. I mean, I don't want to put my finger on just one place in the world that has food insecurities because I know there's lots of them. But like you know, m- maybe there aren't as many issues that present themselves like in Africa, or 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 maybe parts of parts of India. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's like areas where it starts to, um, starts to become normal to that side of things and starts to actually help some things. And I'm not gonna say that it like helps it. Totally, it doesn't like totally fix things, but I think it starts to allay some of the issues that we feel like we're we're dealing with today, right? Um, it like things don't seem as starkly bad. So, um, like, so yeah, if we started it then, I, I see it definitely being a positive force that um, we eventually do jump onto the boat. How, how long do you think it takes to become commonplace in your scenario? It, commonplace, like, wait, hold on. Now, now, do you mean like? In the United States? Do you mean like globally? How how long have you seen Morningstar Farm stuff in the freezer section at your store? Oh, how, I mean, how long have you seen corn stuff? It's been a long. It's been quite a, you know about twenty years or so since we've yeah. seen products like that. Yeah. So, so how I long do you it, think it, yours takes if we go, if we go with that with that way? If we okay. go down down that path? Yeah. If we go down that path, um, well, we said it. Um, I know he said it takes twenty years to develop, right? Ten to, ten to fifteen 10 for 15. Pro, for safety and, okay. and and flavor and all um, that developing, and then another. Five or ten or so for for just getting it out there, right? Okay, so I'm gonna say this. I think late '90s for 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 the most of the world, right? For the okay. most of the world, it starts to become familiarity to them. It's it starts to get used. You know, that they, they start to use that they start developing more things. We become aware of it, more aware of it, and it's kind of novel to us, but not completely novel because there's people here that know about it and have been involved in it, right? Um, I do think. That since we're a little more slow to, to respond to it, I think that we only really start to embrace it. Um, if I said the late '90s, I'm gonna say maybe the beginning of the 2010s, maybe mid 2000, like 2005, 2010. Oh, really? Maybe that. You know, not saying that we're horrible for getting to it late. No. But, but what I'm saying is that, like, compared to the rest of the world, which I, I'm sure they have their own issues in terms of like their own sets of like idiosyncrasies, right. You know, but with America having lived here, I, I mean, they have their own cultures. Yes. Yeah. They have, well, I'm, I'm saying their own idiosyncrasies about how comfortable they are accepting different things ah, okay. like different cultures do. Right. Okay, you know, okay? okay. But, but so I think that we, we come to the table. Um, we've always been assisting, but never directly, directly fully part of it. I think we, come to the table a little late, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, 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 I think because, because we see it helping other areas of the world, we start to realize it, there's kind of a knock-on effect. We start to realize, well, we need to get on this too because we're starting to have 
some of these issues too, like the food insecurity with children, food scarcity, and, and things. Yeah, and food like scarcity. So I, I think we hop on the bus a little bit later, more or less from stubbornness. Um, but I do see it. On, now here's the good side. I do see it being a positive thing. I do think that whether it's you know the food scarcity that pushes our concerns and starts to open up our mind, I do think had we started it back then, that that we would at least be there would at least be a larger proponent of people to say, okay, yeah, I get it. You're not used to it, but this is helpful. Um, it seems like there's been a lot of things um, just in, in different areas of like American development where that's kind of been the attitude or, or the way forward, you know, is, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it kind of takes a bit of prodding and pushing, but eventually people break down and they start to realize, oh, crap, this was good, you know? So I, yeah. I, th th that's kind of where I'm coming from with it. So not a negative thing. I think it, uh, eventually a positive thing. But I do think in the scenario that uh, the world benefits from it more and America tends to drag its feet. That's just kind of where I'm coming from. However, I do think that it makes for, that, just adding this on real quick, I do think it makes for hella exciting different like varieties of fast foods it's kind of a world I would want to be in because I would be like, yeah. What are your culinary advances and yours? And oh well, good lord. Um, I'd like to see. Okay, for myself, like you know this, Josh. Like, if if it doesn't eat me, I'll eat it. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to know that, like, if I'm trying some different food, uh, I tend to be open to trying a lot of different things. So, for me, this would be. A better sense of variety because like I'm not saying that like they that fast food doesn't work in terms of like variety they do their best to make sure that they offer different things but even when you offer different things like just out of what we already have right you know after a while it gets kind of boring you okay. know like, it's like well I can only do this combination that combination mm -hmm. if you're slowly introducing things or that's become more commonplace then um, you know, it's, it would seem like you could offer different types of, uh, of of foods. I can't think of anything right off the top of my head. Well, no, 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 because 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 I'm not. It's it's hard to figure what else they could develop. Um, like, like I don't want to get too fantastical, but just like I'm open for anything. Like as long as it's not making me violently ill and I can enjoy it food wise. What would you like to see? Uh, okay, well, I mean, I, what would you like to see as a as a a non meat food? That would that was nor that would normally have meat in it, or 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 vice versa, you know, something okay, that's that's um, very similar. I would like to see something that would be like analogous to someone do something interest interesting like with hot dogs. I'd like to see people someone do something interesting with, with like pork products. You don't see a lot of okay pork. You, well, I'm okay. saying you don't see a lot of pork products in fast food, and often because of the kind of concerns. That hey now, hey now, when, when, when pig prices drop, when pork drops prices, you know what happens, <laughs> the McRib comes back, come on. Well, that's what I'm saying, well, yeah, there you go, you got a McRib that doesn't have to go away. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, okay. a, a, okay. a McRib that, that no longer, I mean, and I know that people will bitch and say, oh, well, now it's not special because it's here all the time, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like it, it feels like it would open up uh, availability for, you know, things to not always have to be like what you said, like with the McRib. It's just like, I'd like to see something that tastes like seafood without the God awful price that we have to pay to obtain it. You know what I'm saying? That, that, so, something, something that's, that's analogous to that, you know, 
I'm I'm open minded. I don't what <laughs> you like like truly. It's not me trying to just plant my feet and not give you an answer. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm willing for this to to be something that surprises me. Like like I'm I would love to try something that I'm not sure of. Like like I have that sensibility as a person. I would you in, drink a non milk milkshake? Sure. I mean, the worst I can do is go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would hope that if you were drinking something that came along in your era in your imagined era that they had gone through that ten to fifteen years of maybe checking. I'm just maybe I'm just saying that through my lens. Okay, what, what okay. I'm say, what I'm saying is is that is that if it's been pushed to market mm-hmm. right and developed and it's been developed for as long as it's been developed like in 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 uh, Karthik's, uh as, in, as in, one of in, the, what I'm saying in yeah. his scenario in my scenario in Europe soon to be scenario mm-hmm. right then if it's going to be pushed to market you know the possibility that there's going to be a stumble or something bad is going to be very minuscule it could still happen but I'm saying there's going to be a very small thing right mm-hmm. so I'm going to be willing to try anything I, I for myself to answer your question as a consumer anything that comes along I'm going to be willing to try now after that I can form my own opinion on it right you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying but I'm but I'm not going to poo poo it at, at first and I think if you introduce it like within my scenario i think if everyone else in the world sees that like say you're in america everyone else in the world kind of has some of these things already and it doesn't easily bleed over here but there's some things right well i i I think it's going to kind of open people's minds over here by the time it does become more commonplace you know even though we're late to the party yeah i I think that it's going to make some things more commonplace and and i think that there will be there will have been enough time of people being knowledgeable about it for there to have made it more easily acceptable to try something different because that's a lot of like the kind of problem that people had tend to have at least within like American culture is that Mm -hmm. like, like, Oh man, I'll I'll try that loaded, you know, friggin' hamburger. That's got tons of cool stuff on it. That looks tasty. It's 12,000 calories. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Which I'm not going to condemn because I'm, I'd be a liar if I didn't say I didn't try that stuff, but it would be nice to have the alternative to try something that maybe has similar notes, similar taste notes, and isn't going to give me a cardiac arrest after I have it. (laughs) Right. You know, like I, I think it makes for a more open-minded world. I, I don't know how that affects the rest of everything else around that because, you know, there's tons of intangibles in life. Right. But I do think when it comes to what we're talking about, I think even though we're in my scenario, even though we're late to the bus, I do think it eventually benefits everybody. I just think that like, you know, we're that kid in class, not fully paying attention. There's one or two kids in the back taking notes and keeping the thing going, but, but there's a lot of kids just going, eh. you know? So I, I think, I think we, we eventually get to it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you should see the right. wide eyed look Josh has given me. <laughs> so okay. Actually, uh, yeah, I, I have a couple comments. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I think that's an interesting point about like you know our stubbornness and you know just like you know other company countries like you know having priority different priorities and reasons to adopt, and I think that's absolutely true. Like you know you know we we talked about earlier China you know is is you know starting to invest into alternative proteins. And, you know, Singapore also similarly and, you know, for also food security reasons. Right. So Singapore, you know, imports 90 percent of their food. So, you know, being able to have, you know, food independence is is, is a huge part of their reason for for, for funding. Um, and, yeah, even even with like Europe, uh, you know, there's there's like, you know, very interesting differences in Europe versus like here, like um 
you know, so like Europe, they are, you know, more stridently anti-GMO. And, you know, so for example, like the Impossible Burger is not technically a GMO in the United States uh, because the GM, because even though a GMO is used to make an ingredient, it's it, the, the actual GMO is, is separated out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in United States labeling laws, uh, the Impossible Burger is not GMO, but in European labeling laws, it is. Um, so even if you use a GMO to produce the food, you have to, you know, it, 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 it means that's a GMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to say a side note here. Uh, I personally think that the those who get in an uproar about things that are GMO, it depends on what type of genetic modification they're doing. Sure, if they're, you know, genetically modifying chickens to have more more meat and less, you know, flight muscle or something like that, that, that would, you know, be, be sort of a... Uh, poor mutation, if you will, then yeah, I, I would please don't do that because that's bad for chickens, you know. Yeah. But if if you're if you're making it so that uh, if you're trying if you're using a genetically modified organism that will produce a better protein that's not just muscle, yeah. then it, then I would say the more the merrier because that way we that that's a quicker way to get off of meat. Well, and there's other things that we've genetically modified over time. That that corn corn is a GMO food. It has bananas. been. It has been. It was grass when we first started. Bananas are clones. All bananas are clones. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. saying because like yep. used, to, used to they they had like a crap. They were packed with crap tons of seeds. The um, Cavendish yeah. old ones. Yeah, the yeah, ones yeah. that the ones that the quote unquote imitation banana abstract tastes like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the the ones that that's the only fl- way you can get that flavor anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me your banana runs. I will, t- I will have the old school banana flavor now. Yes, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So, uh, but I'm saying, if, I, I just think that some GMOs are beneficial. Is what I'm saying in a nutshell, because it's it just, it just, it really just depends on the flavor of the GMO, so to speak. Because it's some are good and some are like, why would we do this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, and and chapter five, I, I talk a lot about this. Like GMO, saying GMO in itself is not helpful. Like the details absolutely matter. Yeah, it's a blanket uh, statement. So, yeah, it doesn't help much. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. But before we get to Josh, uh, this sparked a memory from uh, like literally uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, like I said, I've been like catching up on some of the reading, and I, I like how you describe uh, your dislike for uh, the word natural how some people yeah. misuse that. Yeah. And, and that is, it's a scary I th- word. I think that's spot on because like, it, it's a hard to define word. It's not, it, it, it's really the semantics in which you use it that defines it instead of it being one way or the other. I mean, I'm pretty sure is if, if I'm understanding that correctly, right? That's correct. That's exactly how I see it too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, all natural. I mean, everything is all natural. Red dye number five is an all natural thing because we got it from something else that we just don't want to say what it is. Like certain, you know, the the, the reason that M and M candies are shiny is because of an extract from an insect, a shellac. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's very, you know, <laughs> they're just ways to cover up that yuck factor, you know. So if you know somebody find out what if people learn what their favorite foods are made from that are processed foods. Again, processed is another thing. It's like every food is processed to make sure it's safe for eating. How do you, how is one food processed differently than another? But versus, you know, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, when you're pumping, pumping it full of ammonia and then rinsing it out with chlorine or something, that's, that's weird. But yeah. <laughs> so, so, so how does your timeline play out? Okay. Okay. So 
I see, uh, I see Carter since he was he Carter's a very, very even minded fellow. Like, uh, well, yeah, but yeah, but again, this is before Habitat for Humanity started and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, he's a he's very even minded, open minded fellow. Even though he's got a very big agricultural background, it's not for a meat industry. He's a peanut farmer. I'm certain he has found looked at alternatives for peanut, you know, peanut uses for peanuts that aren't peanut peanuts, use. A form of protein. But, I mean, they yeah. are. They are. Yeah. No. So yeah. No. So like so him him doing that helps has helps his you know his home industry so to speak his alma mater industry where he you know learn to do what he was a professional at before he became president. So before he gets into politics and all that stuff. So he will probably be looking at it through that lens. And I would say he doesn't push it so much, but he, he does what politicians do and sticks writers that, that help advance that into other bills and things. So it, it comes up and like nobody notices it. And then it's suddenly all, when all the research and everything is done, yeah, we see little blurbs in local papers about research being done yeah. at local colleges or or think tanks or whatever you you know, however that research is is produced. Then, you know, we start having private companies get involved, like the you know probably the, the folks that over at Corn or the ones over at Beyond or the ones over at uh, Morningstar Farms yeah. or you know whatever they call themselves in this different future scenario thing, um, and they they start making it so that people can buy these since there was see there was kind of a health craze in the 70s wasn't there like everybody was eating there was a big joke about it in a lot of uh of the of the time movies like wheat germ was a thing because everybody would have oh. wheat germ on everything yeah so there was there were there were health let's crazes make a, back let's then. make a new type of fondue <laughs> right? well yeah but, yeah. Then, but there were there were crazes about yeah. Yeah. fitness and stuff then so you know we'll have had our our companies Oh, infomercial type things that you know you see nowadays that are that were at one point we'll see the, we'll see our infomercials about you know the new amazing product and all that things that are for products that have been you know tested approved and and are ready to go i'm not saying it's a clandestine way of doing it but i'm saying it's it wasn't as in the in the eye of of the public as as much so what happens is as most things that are introduced sort of like out of the blue, but are still really good and beneficial. People just sort of get a, you know, they become a fad for a while and then they become commonplace. So I see the, the standard research and development going on for that 10 to 15 years for safety and, and flavor and all that stuff. And then that coming along into products that are privately held products that soon become sort of public, like everybody, everybody knows of it kind of thing. Oh, let me ask you something real quick. Do, do you think, do you think Carter or, or the other people that are, are helping to push this along and stuff, do you think that perhaps them using like celebrities and stuff to help? Oh, definitely. Push? Definitely. Well, no, what, what, what I'm saying, do you, do you think that that in the long term becomes a beneficial thing or, or do you think, like you said, because of the whole fad nature of things, do you think that? that no, no, it's said, it becomes commonplace. It okay. doesn't just fade gotcha. out like the skip it or something like that. You oh, know? oh, I, 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 I'm going to say this quick. I could totally see with what you're saying there. I could totally see someone who has a positive image, someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I could see someone like him pushing this to the moon, you know, like pushing that sort of product, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But people of the time. So yeah, the yeah. late 90s, early 2000s is when it starts, you know, you start your 
weird infomercial thing that you see at three in the morning yeah. about this product you've never heard of that's a meat alternative. And, uh, you know, you get your, you know, fake testimonials ready and all that whatnot, yeah. <laughs> that stuff. And, but, but it's not a lie about how good it tastes and how good it is. So this, this scoots forward and, you know, by the 2005, six era, right before 2010 start, we have things that are common in our stores. Uh, we have, you know, instead of having a, uh, going to a butcher to get your, you know, one pound of ground beef, you can just go and find your package of, of, uh, uh, back bacterium processed pre, you know, made bacteria made protein beef like product, whatever you want to name the name of it or whatever. Yeah. Cause that's up to the, the yeah. marketing geniuses to give it the kooky name, like corn or whatever. So, you know, uh, so that that happens. Maybe like beef spelled with an O or something. <laughs> B B B I I F beef. Yeah. 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 Um, but like you know, see so that kind of thing happens. So by like now we've got a a, th- a third player in the market. You can get your you can you know get your tofu tofu burger, which is the thing that's you know everybody's you know the soy based plant plant based yeah. kind of thing. You can get your regular beef patty, of which, you know, is now of. I I would say that I don't. I wouldn't say that the, uh, the industry would suffer yet. That the meat industry would suffer just yet. I don't think it would. I it wouldn't really. I think it wouldn't have to, if the right things were put in place, to let the people who make them, who you know, produce the beef and other meats, allow them a way to transition away from that. Instead of just saying, you can't do this anymore, we're shutting you down and making it sort of a, a slap in the face, more of a, all right, well, yes, we you, we we appreciate that you've, you've brought us lots of cows over the years, but we would like it to like to put an algae farm in on your land or something like that that would make it so that you could produce anything that was algae based or, or, you know, other other alternatives to producing that meat. Essentially, you are producing a meat like thing, except it's just not a, a living, breathing animal that is more pollutant than it is positive in, in terms of, you know, how, how it impacts the planet. So I want to ask you this, like like with the farmers, like you see with the transition that, like you said um, a moment ago, yeah. do you think that uh, let me toss this possibility out into there and you tell me if this makes better sense. Uh, well, it makes sense in within what you're saying. Um, maybe instead of like, so they've got all, all this, this, uh, these cows and everything. Right. Right. So maybe you don't just like wholesale slaughter them and stuff. I'm saying like, maybe along with, hold on, I'm saying along with the transition with saying, Hey, we'll give you this. And this will also provide you with a means of, of making money and raising stuff and transitioning. Mm-hmm. Like they maybe say, well, since we're going to be transitioning away from this, like maybe those, those animals end up becoming part of like conservation effort instead of, you know what I'm saying? Well, okay. Uh, To my knowledge, there, there's not really any such thing as a wild cow. Well, there are, I mean, there are bulls that graze and whatnot that get out. But again, most of the time, those are ones that got out of a pen or something somewhere in a farm and, and are sort of making it right. Yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know if we'll, do you think you want to see like fields of grazing cows in the middle of Wyoming free and not rounded up or, you know, or do, or do you think that they would become an invasive species? Cause that's where I would, where I, what I would think would happen if we just said, yep, cut them all free. Okay. Well, no, 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 you no, know? no, That's maybe when I'm saying con- conservation, I'm like, maybe 
the way I'm stating it isn't like, making better sense. Like what a I, sanctuary. Yeah, like I'm saying, like like they're you know you're going to have defined areas that they can be. Just keep right? them a protected land. Yeah, like, like keep them keep them a protected species. Kind of like how for a, a while there, for a while there, um, you couldn't use buffalo in industry you couldn't use that it, it, eventually you could whenever uh, the numbers got back up you, you don't remember about the big kill off they had during the yes i understand that. that's, that's right. okay. what i'm saying okay. for a while there whenever they were getting the numbers were getting back up right. you couldn't mess with it right so what i'm saying is would would you sort of have an instance where like maybe well, i want to say like maybe some of them go to a farm it is what i'm saying you know what i'm saying like like farm like that one. <laughs> farmception no um <laughs> So, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I, I get what you're saying, because I think that if we if we were to if we were to just set all the cows and chickens and any other agricultural animal that we use for food and meat uh, free, I think that we'd have a problem with invasive species being them. And then yeah, so once they we were all cold, yeah. once they were all cold, then that would be an extinction that that. If we, yeah, I mean, there are, I guess there are wild chickens there are in some places in the world, but in the United States, you don't see a lot of them. Yeah. So some, some species would make it, but some would just become invasive and we'd have to say, well, we got to cut our losses and kill them off because, you know, we can't afford them to eat all, eat, eat all the, <laughs> all the algae out of the algae fields kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I would see that that would be a, that'd be a problem you'd have to deal with. Definitely. You'd have to have it so that they could be in a, in a place you know if you're ten thousand head of cattle and then you're suddenly switching to you know producing soy soy protein yeah you know and then what what happens to the animals that are still there you know you don't you can't you know and yeah you would definitely have a a, an industry shakeup if (laughs) to to put it lightly the agriculture industry would would be turned on its head almost if as that happened but i think like i'm saying with with the having it slipped into little riders on different mm. agro bills or something like that to make it so that to be able to get you know a ten thousand uh, dollar uh, tax free tractor for your new farm you have to give up so many cattle and, and sort of weaning it out just like you would as doling it out to the public would be have to be weaned out. Oh, so, so you know, you're still getting you're still getting a product. A, a, yeah, you're not a, just going to have a machine that's. Well, I'm saying a machine that's going to help you to, to in your new industry, but 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 we're we're not hitting you in the pocketbook necessarily. We're just taking away. There's something. a trade off. There's something well, that has. To, there's a give to it. You know, something has to give. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and then you could. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's like over time, you could sort of eventually get it to a point to where you're starting to push those cattle into places where they can be where it's not as negative. Or you just impacting. stop breeding them as you're doing that as you're yeah, transitioning yeah. and getting your free tractor you don't have to have you know yeah. your 10 your 100 head of cattle less because you got this nice new tractor okay the next time you get a new combine hey look at that you're 10 you're a thousand head of cattle less now because you're just not growing them anymore essentially so so so, yeah. so you're not screwing over farmers okay so yeah so you're gotcha, making yeah. it fair to the farmers to not yeah. you know as i'm saying as, as right as sort of a writer onto these bills things yeah. that are you know that aren't that aren't really Part, they don't really concern the the main part of the bill, but these things get slipped in. And that's something I can see know. Carter doing, like you said, with his knowledge from the yeah, yeah, okay. because he wasn't a stupid man. He's not a stupid man. No. He was he was a very shrewd man. He knew what he was doing at most of the time in his life, aside from you know nowadays when he's getting too old to do much of anything. Yeah. So yeah, he's he he knew what he was doing. 
at any time. So he, the reason that I, the reason that a lot of his policies were considered laughable was because his opponents took advantage of that and made yeah. it laughable, basically, or or put it out as that as yeah. that way. Uh, if you if you actually go back and look at his career as president, he did do a lot of things. Oh yeah, he did a lot of good things, yeah. and it wasn't just you know he wasn't just like a lame duck president. But but the smear machine was large. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I mean this is the same thing we saw with Obama. Oh yeah, they just didn't like him, so they just smeared. Him same thing with right. politics ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. That's how politics rolls. Yeah, so, but yeah, so that's that's my scenario, and you know by the, you know by the twenty tens and stuff, we might even have some rainforest growing back because of. How much less cattle there are eating all the grassland in South America? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, 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 do, so do you think it kind of has a? I mean, to go along with what you're saying, do you, so you think that it kind of does have like a like a knock on effect in terms of like well, what, the method, like the, that the level of what, what's going to happen the, after you, yeah. when you don't have a lot of cattle, you're gonna your methane output is going to drop. Mm-hmm. You're going to have less car, you know, less you know, bad carbon emission type things yeah. happening. Um, sure. You know, I'm sure the the electric vehicle market and stuff like that will have evolved as it is as it has now, and you know, we we we're already seeing electric tractors and self driving tractors and all that stuff. So we'll have all that kind of tech in place. It'll just be more commonplace because you have to use it more more than you do you know just letting the cattle eat all the grass. Yeah. You know. So. Oh, nice. So I'm saying it's 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 almost. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound too too like utopian. But it is yeah. in that scenario. I think it's 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 a net gain for everybody. So, so just yep. a, a little bit of planning. I'm just going to ask you this. So like a little bit of planning, and perhaps some sly some slyness. You know, sneaking it into the different bills, um, kind of allows not in an espionage like way, no, but just no, no, but but yeah, <laughs> but, no, no. Yeah. I know what you're saying, but like him doing Did that. Did you put the plans under the paper? Yes. Him doing that <laughs> allows attitudes to be slowly changed instead of it being like such a smack in the face and if, and then you know i mean what what's a whistleblower gonna do are they gonna like oh no the meat industry was killed by this and it's like people don't care anymore whatever it's common you know it's like okay great good for you bud nice reporting yeah gold star you know <laughs> kind of thing so you know what i mean it's just that whole like there's yeah. there, there's no i don't see any any negative to it aside from maybe pushback you get pushback from the like the the i gotta say it the boomers yeah, uh, you can push back from the people who grew up with meat all their lives, who the one the, the American American kind of folks. But I don't see farmers saying no to free money ever. No. So you know what I mean. So <laughs> that's yeah. That, yeah. And actually, just just to like um, so a, a point about the farmers too. Like in some ways, like it, it's actually I, I think like actually like a, a better future for them. Like, because, like, now, what do farmers mostly grow? It's uh, corn and soy, right, right? Right. To feed animal agriculture. And it's like, well, yeah, do you want to grow corn, for animals, corn and soy? Yeah. Or you want to grow all this other stuff, too? Um, and, and so, like, you you know, it's you, you just open up the opportunity to grow other things. Mm-hmm. And, and make it so that, you know, our tomatoes don't look white. So the only the only other question <laughs> I have, have real sun grown tomatoes instead of having them have have them hydroponically grown because most of the space that was usually for tomatoes will, is now graze, graze, grazing land, right? So all right, so let me toss out something for for all of us here, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, listening to every one of ours, mine, yours, um, Josh's, everybody's. Um, so all of us kind of agree that like I'm not gonna say to to a certain extent, meat mostly gets phased out, right? Okay. So that makes me think, though, or becomes that, a, a real, uh, just a very good sometimes food. Kind well, that's of thing. what I was yeah. going to say. Is like, like, so it makes me wonder if, like, 
I'm not saying to an exorbitant amount, okay? I'm not saying to, like, a huge amount. But it makes me wonder where that leaves people who still, like, who maybe have allergies to the new product. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 or maybe just really, you know, they might love the world and love the environment. That guy over there is a meatist. No, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying, but, th- but for whatever reason, they just choose to stay in the meat camp of things, right? Right. So what I'm saying is, like, so what I wonder is, does that make meat more of a specialized product for people now that like, do we make that transition to where it's specialized? And I'm not saying charged, not Kobe <laughs> beef kind of specialized. Yeah. Like, like I'm not saying it has to be $3, like thousand dollars an ounce or something. Yeah. It doesn't have like to be like that, yeah. that, but does that make it to where it's just like a little more expensive because of the places that are still existing that are, are using like, you know, like it, it just makes you sort of wonder where that falls and how you guys feel about that. Because like, I would be willing to accept something different, but it like, depends on how your PORQ pork st- tastes. And yes, I th- it depends on how much people like it. You and know? yes, Josh, I am a meatist. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm just. <laughs> no, but, I know. I'm just joking. I'm just saying. Um, but, but I mean, but, you but wouldn't. No. You couldn't just be like, you know, oh, if I can't have meat, I can't eat here. Well, yeah. You but, know what I mean. But what I'm saying though is like, for those people, I, I'm not even. I'm not painting anyone in a bad picture here. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is, for those people who have chosen one camp or the other, right. right? Like you don't want to completely shit on people, right? You know, like, like, like we'll be honest, you know, you still want it to be a very open-minded world. But, so, so, so there's going to have to be meat existing in some, but, uh, but I think though that it's a, some of the people all the time, not an all the people all the time situation. So you're never going to be able to please everyone. Oh no, no, no. What I'm saying is, is that like, do you think to cover some of those issues that you're going to face from having to produce some meat, do you think you end up putting a little bit more of an upcharge on it? Oh, it, or getting the price of meat will definitely rise when that yeah. happens. Yes, yeah. I no, mean, I, as, I, with, as with anything, scarcity yeah. and pr- uh, scarcity makes the price go up. Yeah, I mean, God, so, look so, at so maybe look on a fast at toilet menu. paper, gas, whatever you want to, whatever okay. you want to cite from the last two years we've d- been dealing with. Yeah, prices are going to go up. Okay, so, so here's what I'm saying. L- let me use an example then. Okay, all right. But so, again, so, so if you, you make a, this, if you make the meat alternatives a tenth the price, like he was talking about with the hamburgers and the the soy burgers, the soy burgers are going to be cheaper they'll buy the soy burgers okay you know? yeah yeah no 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 what, what i'm saying is just like okay like, i see let, what let, you're let, saying it yeah, will let, be a let, specialized let me, thing yes well, not, like i'm just wanting to paint an actual picture so it okay. doesn't seem so abstract okay? okay so say all three of us decide to go someplace that we like to eat let's sure. let's say just for the sake of an example let's say that it's wendy's sure. right okay sure all right and so you got your not sponsored. Not sponsored. Yeah, not <laughs> sponsored. Um, so, so you 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 got you've got your menu board up there, right? Right. And you've got the traditional stuff that you're used to seeing, like you know your hamburgers, your cheeseburgers, and then your chicken. Sure. And everything. And so it makes me wonder, like when you look up there, it's if it's going to be like you are going to see what you're seeing there, but you're also going to see like the analogous sort of healthier version. I think by this point. The uh, well, again, very utopian thoughts here, but uh, yeah. uh, you'd see the meat alternatives listed as the front of the pack, the first number and then one, the other two, stuff and three, at the bottom, yeah. and then your fifty-five and older menu, so they can, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you can have your hamburgers and cheeseburgers. But no. but, 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 yeah. but you see what I'm saying? Like what paint picture I'm painting is is that it's it's not going to be a negative thing, but like it it is going to sort of change. It's going to sort of change the view of things. It's going to like like what we've gotten used to is is it's going to essentially shake up sort of like the norms that we have you know what i'm saying oh yeah but like because you'll yeah. go there and and you'll see like you said maybe since it's been so long that it's been there it's normalized mm-hmm. right but you're still going to see at the bottom 
you know, it's going to be to someone like me and you growing up and, and, uh, I think it's oh. going to be, oh. it's going to be, well, I'm just gonna say it's going to be so odd to like, like you said, go to the menu and see like the healthy things at the top of the menu. You're, you're going to have your you have. hamburger and cheeseburger have an asterisk beside them that says meat based. Yes. Yes. Oh, like there, there you go. Right. Spot like there. You're going to see a lot of that. So I don't think it's a negative thing. I was just curious how you would see that. You know, like, how are you going to funnel those? We would do as humans do, on? and we would delimit the things that need delimiting. Yes, yeah, true. So, true. okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Yes. Um, so I, I think it's so I see like an S curve trajectory. So where you know you see like, you know, a, a big sweeping change, and then yeah, you'll have you know definitely this like straggling population. You know, slow with a switch. Uh, you know, for Mikhail, all the reasons that you brought up, like you know, whether it's just like you know, food allergies or you know, just um, clinging to to traditions. Yeah. Um. I one thing we did we, we actually didn't talk about was uh like the social like the social aspect about all this, uh and you know that's just sort of like you know people's sensibilities about uh you know animal welfare. Right. Right. And so one one thing like I always kind of um you know put out is like I think you know. Like, uh, this is, this is one of the, this is like one of those like social revolutions that's also technological, you know? So like, um, you know, you know, for example, for women's rights, uh, the advent of domestic technology, such as like washing machines and vacuum cleaners mm -hmm. actually had like a profound impact on, you know, women's rights, yep. right? Because you didn't have the presumed misses needing to stay home, you know, yeah, to set you know, it and forget it and walk away. Yeah domestic chores and you know in, in a similar vein like if you can you know have these alternatives that are better in every way and you you know totally um you know you know mitigate the the suffering component like i i think that would actually inspire you know greater you know you know sensibilities about like animal welfare and uh you know i could even get i could even see like a point where you know where we where we like inflect and like you know the weird people are like the you know ones still eating meat right and then yeah. and then you know everyone else are is the are, are the normal ones yeah i've gotten to that point with uh i've kind of gotten to that point with my father uh he he's one of these you know 1950s meat and potatoes mentality thing where it's you know you have to have a have your largest portion of of food that's on your plate of a meal be meat based it has to be a you know high protein you know three quarter pound charbroiled hamburger, the loaded baked potato full of like sour cream and cheese and other things like that. And I'll make a meal for the family here and uh, he'll be, you know, is, is there any gravy? And it's like, I didn't know there's no gravy. <laughs> it's potato. It's a, it's a baked potato with a little bit of butter on it. What the heck, you know, or, you know, a little margarine or some just hell, even just salt and pepper and some, you know, other spices just to make it flavorful, you know? And, uh, it's going to give us the, the same amount of nutrition. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm not putting 15 million pounds of bacon bits on top of my baked potato. You know, I still, I'm still getting that starchy, you know, starchy energy hit just without all the extra fat and, and saturated fat and, and, uh, other, other artery clogging <laughs> impurities, so to speak. I don't know. I think, I think that we in this day and age now are kind of at that point where, if somebody says, you know, give me a 14 ounce ribeye, you know, well done and, and, you know, no, you know, covered in brown gravy and mushrooms and all this, you know, that, that sort of like overeating mentality where it's, where you just have to have tons of protein and, and other, other just input where yeah. it's just, you just eat, you're, you're not 
eating can be an experience, yes, but you don't have to eat. You don't have to overeat to survive. So uh, uh, portion control is one of the bigger problems I see with an old with the older generation is because they used to they use I think they use the excuse of, you know, not we didn't have a lot as kids. So we have to overeat now. Why? You're still alive. You weren't starving. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? That that mentality is sort of dying off. People just eat to they eat and then they're full and they don't eat till, till they're more full unless they were taught to eat that way. So it's also uh, it's going to be a matter of educating people on, you know, what the re- not the bare minimum to where we're walking around like emaciated skeleton people, but like what it takes to be, a you know, what the minimum is input is to make a strong, healthy human being. Sorry to piggyback off of that so long, but yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it, that, that mentality is, is sort of dying off and we are in that kind of thing where we have, you know, Hey, I just want to, you know, come in and have a, a four ounce piece of salmon with some rice versus I want, you know, a, a four, you know, 14 ounce plank of salmon that's been cedar, cedar planked and, you know, dressed up with all kinds of just too much of everything. So that is the, the that I don't know. At least locally, when I when I'm sitting in a restaurant, and I see somebody order some food like that. They do get looks these days. It is that kind of thing where where it is, huh. it's almost socially kind of weird to have that you know boss hog kind of guy walk in 400 pounds and wants to eat everything at the at the buffet. You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, so I see I see where that where that could go and where it is it is that I've at least observed going. So yeah. So, I think we've all reached a pretty good point, haven't we, dude? Are you done? Like, like no, I mean, I mean, I mean, well, I'm, I'm saying, like, I don't want to keep. Yeah, I mean, uh, so yeah, I just do, did. You have anything else to add on that? On any of that? Uh no, I, I think that was pretty exhaustive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. We do try to go on tangents and stuff. There, there are certain subjects where I mean, like, we could go on and on about the social part of it all because. I mean, yep. I'm certain there are different demographics on the, in the country that, you know, would take more kindly to a, a switch in paradigm than, than oh, others. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but again, we, that we could go on that for another hour, but we don't want to keep you too long. Uh, we've already gone about an hour and a half now. And we appreciate you taking <laughs> And we, Yeah, we appreciate you uh, coming, yeah. coming on our show here. And uh, yeah. so now yeah. we would like you to uh, plug yourself. Uh, got any social media places or anything else, anywhere people can find you, a place where they can buy your book if they'd like to read it? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So JBets, uh, Mikhail, uh, thanks so much. I, this was so much fun. Uh, I, I, I really appreciate the turns that this conversation took and I learned a ton myself. Uh, yeah. So the book is After Meat. It's available from all the usual suspects online, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, etc. It's also even available on my website, uh, aftermeatbook.com for free. So there's both an audio book and a digital version of it available for no money. I, I don't want money to be a reason that uh, you know someone can't access it. And all the all the proceeds are going to charity. So to charities that are you know promoting and you know catalyzing this world. You know post animal products. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. We'll have uh, links to all that stuff on our uh, show page here. So uh, take care of all all that. And um, uh, everybody knows all of our uh, our socials and whatnot because mm-hmm. we stick that in post production. Right. Always ask yourself, what if? Awesome. Excellent. Awesome, awesome. 